1: June 25th, 2020, you're listening to the Mike Abadir Show. I am the co-host, Gina Bocola, introducing the main man, Mike Abadir. And Mike, it's been a pretty important week as far as sports are concerned, major sports. In the last week, I think when we, we talked last week, NBA had just made you know, their decision and made things official and, and started to get some of the specifics out. And we have a deal in baseball. There will be a, a baseball season so far. Everything that we're talking about is going to be obviously health willing and providing that, you know, the the, the virus doesn't continue to spike and things like that. But at least the, the team, the, the sides have agreed now. And they have uh, the principles
2: set for a baseball season. Looks like we're getting 60. 60 is better than zero. So yep. I'm I'm just happy that we got sports to talk about. A lot of sports in the headlines today. You know, we have, uh, you know, some news from the Premier League about Liverpool um, winning that league. So congrats to them. And we'll talk about them a little bit later because I don't know if many Americans realize how dominant this team was this year. And I'm super glad that they had a chance to be able to kind of come back and and finish it up. So good stuff there. We got a lot of NBA news, obviously some Positive tests, unfortunately. But um sports world. All over the sports world, absolutely. Even Charlie Blackman and baseball and stuff. But you know, one of the guys I've always been a big fan of Vincent Lamar Carter Jr., better known as Vince Carter, one of the world's greatest dunkers of all time. Unfortunately has to retire because his team is not involved in the postseason. So a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. MLB being kind of at the the top of our list. But let's get to some ESPN chalk talk with David Behrman. David, good evening for you out in the East, East Coast. How are you doing, man? Hey, David. Pretty good. Pretty
3: good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's 7 o'clock out here. The sun's still out. We've got about another 90 minutes, maybe close to two hours of sunlight. This time of year, it's great because it stays, stays light until eight thirty, eight forty-five. So So uh, it doesn't look like nighttime, but we're getting there.
2: Good stuff there, man. Hey, what do you say you and I just hijack this segment and give praise to uh, Dan Marino? <laughs> uh, we can spend
3: we absolutely how long is the show three hours we could spend three hours talking about Dan Marino that was my entire childhood from start to finish hey, well, my first game was Marino and one of my last games when I was down there was Marino so I,
2: I was just gonna ask you uh so I take it you you grew up in Florida uh, you know nearby Miami what was what's the most memorable Dolphins game that you went to during that time period with Marino and Shula oh uh, wow
3: That's a good one. Um, It definitely wasn't the last one. (laughs) We're going to pretend that one didn't exist. Um, I would probably have to say I was born down there. I lived about 20 minutes from, and I'm still going to call it Joe Robbie Stadium because that's what it is to me. Um, Me I started going to my first game in 84, Marino's, you know, his second year where he went crazy with 48 touchdowns uh, for, you know, 5,000 yards. That was – I was young, but that was his best year, obviously. I would say the two that come to mind the most to me when it comes to Marino – would be the game he returned from his Achilles tendon injury, the first game of the 94 season. And a quick aside, I was 15 years old in 93, and my parents came up to me before the Cleveland game and said, hey, today's the day we're going to go to the mall after the game you're going to get your merino jersey you've been begging for it your entire life. We're going to go get it for you. So sure enough, middle of the first quarter, he tears his Achilles tendon, and that's it for oh the season. Goodness. His first first injury he's had since I had been watching him, first major injury, and yep. I said, I'm still getting this jersey. I go to the mall at 4.35 o'clock. I go to a Locker and I go to buy it. And the guy behind the counter goes, you do know he was injured today. Man, that was almost my first brawl as a 15-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> the first time that I got to wear the jersey while Marino played was the 94 opener versus the Patriots. It was, uh, it, it was a shootout with, uh, I believe it was Drew Bledsoe at the time. It was back and forth, and they wound up winning – Something like 42 35 last right, yep. second touchdown by Marino. we had five touchdowns 400 yards and he sewed up comeback player of the year before the first game was over so that one comes to mind and probably the um one that i one that i was at um also the 92 division round game versus the chargers where they won 31 nothing in a monsoon and Marino was brilliant they got the host the AFC title game versus the Bills the next week, the Bills who shouldn't have been there because they shouldn't have come back versus the Oilers. Yep. Um, then again, that's what happened, and that was one of the worst losses, thinking Marino was going to the Super Bowl at that one. I do remember Marino-Montana playoff game in 94 <laughs> at Doravi Stadium was one of my memorable ones because it was, Marie- it was Montana's last game. I got to see Marino knock him out. Um, those are the, those are the good ones. I, one of my favorite ones was his last win in C1 in Seattle. People don't remember Seattle was an AFC team back then. Uh, he had a concussion at the end of the game. His last winning touchdown pass that he ever threw come from behind to get them to Jacksonville the next week. He doesn't remember any of it. Typical Marino because he had a concussion. And then of course we won't talk about what happened the following week. But uh, I was just going to say that you forget cool. about that
2: game. <laughs> I think Jacksonville will put up like a 60 spot or something crazy like that. So, we we don't have to talk about that Jacksonville playoff game <laughs> whatsoever. So,
3: I was in, obviously- I was in I was in I was in Gainesville at the time going to school, so I drove up to Jacksonville for it. I left in the second quarter and I was back in my apartment before the game ended and I didn't come out for 3 days. So, that was fun.
2: Well, how about this for a segue into uh, some some sports wagering talk? I was actually, I remember that game very well. I was in South Lake Tahoe, and I had just left Caesars Palace from uh, playing Miami plus whatever it was. I don't even remember now. You know, it was maybe like plus five and a half or seven and a half or somewhere in that kind of range. And, uh, yeah, I was able to tear up that ticket by midway through the – first quarter i think so that was uh, pretty much you had plus
3: 55 and a half you weren't cashing that one
1: <laughs> <laughs> so david i have a question for you and kind of like a, a general uh, before we get into any specifics what is think as someone who who covers sports betting in general what has it been like for you over the last year two years or so with everything becoming you know you know, on the statewide now, more legal. And then overall, just you know ESPN and we're seeing all major publications covering wagering and and betting like we've never seen it before. The stigma really seems like it's it's obviously starting to change because it's it's becoming legal. What has that been like over the last you know year, couple year and a half or so for you as as someone who who covers betting?
3: It's been great. Uh, You would call it a dream come true, a career milestone. I had been pushing gambling content at ESPN pretty much since I had started 15 years ago. Um, Not going to lie, people weren't listening. It was taboo. It was Mm tongue-in-cheek. It was, hey, that that touchdown might have meant something for someone over there. Um, but we you know, we were kept pushing and pushing. We weren't gonna relent and we built gambling databases and continued to push storylines that occasionally snuck into Sports Center. Maybe if you got lucky, Muskberger said it out during a broadcast or you snuck it to Tarico and he got it in there. But for the most part our gambling coverage was just when we did the British Open or the Wimbledon was the only time we were able to talk about it. But in the last I go back to about, you know, four years of us starting to wake up some people and, and push more and more and more. Because we were preparing for the Supreme Court to overturn PASPA, and when that happened uh, two years ago, it was, you know, light on, let's go. What can we do? What are we prepared to do? Now the corner offices and the people who pay the big bucks are like, hey, this is a multi-billion dollar operation. What can we do? And I got, you know, got together with other people at the company, and it's, let's do a pilot for a TV show. Ah, no one's going to want to watch gambling on TV. Well, well, here's, here's the script. I wrote it 10 years ago. <laughs> here's the show. Uh, pilot. <laughs> we did it uh, just pretty much uh, two Novembers ago around Thanksgiving. Went all the way up to Bob Iger at Disney and they liked it and lit it and they came back in January and says, you got six weeks, March Madness, we want a show on the air. And I basically spent every waking hour for the next six weeks putting together with others, Doug and obviously the host, um, oh, and job. a couple of yep. my other colleagues that work to put together a staff, you know, from producer, talent, we got Preston Wilson in there, and Mike Schwimm in there, Schwimmer in there, um, Joe, Joe Fortenbaugh, Anita Marks, um, graphic packages, all the way from the bottom to the top. And now all of a sudden we have a live show. So we have a show five days a week starting with March Madness last year. And then, you know, they, they asked me if come over to the digital side and help ESPN chalk grow that and, and expand it with uh, coverage beyond just reporting gambling news on games. Let's, let's do preview stuff. Let's do best bets. Let's, let's do as much as we can to expand the digital component while also tying that in to the on-air component. And I work with the TV and, and digital and radio side every single day. And it's been great. It's been just an, awesome thing to see where we were five years ago where, where nobody either wanted to say, hey, that touchdown at the end of the game, maybe the, the, the Patriots won, but the Dolphins covered. Nobody wanted to say that. So now having a show five days a week, a website that covers everything, a deal with Caesars. You mentioned Caesars Sportsbook. They're our, you know, our partner in this where all the lines are provided by them. We have, you know, we're working on next steps, next stages in our in our business deals, hoping to get one day, you know, a, a link out type deal. So we're moving and shaking. And, you know, if, if you go to ESPN.com right now, one of the lead stories is the win totals in Major League Baseball that we got Caesars to release about an hour ago. So the updated win totals are there. And yesterday it was updated World Series odds. And Friday when the NBA schedule comes out, it'll be updated NBA odds. So now the company is, is, is okay with it and we're presenting content every single day and that's primarily my job every day is to make sure that we're covering the content in the sports betting landscape
2: that was one of the best answers i've actually uh, ever heard because you covered <laughs> like my next seven questions all <laughs> in one so that, that was fantastic actually you kind of uh, anticipated a lot of it you know it's kind of funny when we, you're talking about you know History And five years ago, Gino and I have been doing this for about three years together now. And I remember our first year, Gino, I was like, you know what, I really want to shy away from the gambling talk, Especially or at in least in on, my yeah. Yeah, yes. on my end. Yeah, uh, on my end, outside of horse racing, I, I kind of want to shy away from it. And David, by like, you know, second and third years, like, you know, we're keeping track of, of my picks and, and all that kind of stuff. Especially being on the agent side, just from a perception perspective, but people don't even give a flip anymore. It, it's weird. It was almost like an on and off button, and it went from off for so many years to on. With that said, what do you see in your crystal ball with regards to ESPN and and the future? I know there's a deal now with Caesars in place, but... Could you see ESPN also being a book and, and, and betting through your ESPN app directly and those type of things? Or maybe I'll rephrase sure. it a little it, bit and it, ask, what's coming up, what's in the future, and then what's in your crystal ball?
3: First and foremost, I think we'll have a situation where we will have a link out to other books. Uh, you won't see any betting on ESPN.com anytime soon. I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but right now it's – a non starter, we're not taking bets, we're not taking people's money with that, but we are going to link out to a hypothetically a Caesars sports book to hey the the if you go to the scoreboard page and it's Yankees are paying the Red Sox and Caesar's line is, you know, Red Sox plus one thirty five or Yankees minus one sixty five. Click here, you click, and it takes you to Caesars Sportsbooks in the states where you can legally bet with Caesars. And the states that you can, it might take you to an information website, and you can, you know, maybe Caesars Rewards, or you can do something like that. I'm using that as an example. So that's on the horizon, something like that. Um, I do think Next Steps are having more shows and more content out there, more tools to play with on .com, maybe a little bit more interactive. I also think we're maybe two years away from really, really stepping up the in-game wagering that this country hasn't seen Uh, yet. You go over to Europe, um, over there, in-game wagering, whether it's betting on corner kicks or it's betting on every single point of a tennis match, it's it's unbelievable over in Europe, and I was there for the Super Bowl, and it was like covering a completely different sport because over there during the Super Bowl, they're betting on every single play, while over here, we're not there yet. Can you? Sure. There are some places here in America where you could live bet. New Jersey actually has FanDuel and DraftKings and PointsBet are very, very good apps to go ahead and live bet in Jersey. Uh, I've been to Nevada. The live betting apps are not nearly as good as the ones in Jersey. I think over time that technology is going to come over here and the live betting will allow us to do shows during live games. Can you imagine in the future having Monday Night Football on ESPN and then you go to ESPN, i think it's going to happen, you go to ESPN Plus and you have a betting cast where you have the broadcast and you also have all this stuff of betting information and you can then inform yourself about, okay, is this drive going to be a touchdown, a field goal, or a turnover? Those are things you can currently do if you're sitting at the Meadowlands in New Jersey during a Monday night game. I have experienced it myself. I called it a work trip where I went down there during a Monday (laughs) night game and experimented with the app and, and market research, and you can do that during a live game. That's very, very, very small percentage of the country that I think is going to explode like DFS has done, like fantasy did before that, like betting is doing now. The crystal ball, to me, is in-game wagering, not just pre-match wagering, which is big. And that's what 95% of Americans bet is, pre-game, futures, money lines, etc. But down the line, I think we're going to get, as long as we get to technology and we're open-minded about it, ways to, everyone always talks about second screen experiences and social media and wanting to do something while you're just watching the game. Why not in-game wager? (laughs) It may not be in-game wagering on an ESPN platform, but you can use an ESPN platform to inform yourself of that with live win probability or et cetera, et cetera, stats that we have at our disposal that we get to you in a second screen type experience. Wow,
2: I hope they have some bet limits, huh? <laughs> I mean, you could literally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just get crushed on every other play if uh, if you if you uh, don't have any discipline. I'm sorry, Gino, I think you were about to no. jump in.
1: No. I, I was going to say one of the the reasons why I was really excited to talk to David is uh, if if you follow on on Twitter and just scroll through like the last like 15 tweets, you can find stuff about golf. Major League Baseball win totals, English Premier League. Um, you'll find stuff about KBO basketball against the spread win. So you can literally. So that that's what's great when we talk to someone like you. We can talk about anything. We even got some Better Call Saul stuff in there, which is great. But but today and in the last week, how exciting is it to be able to kind of. Get our focus back onto some ML, some MLB, some NBA, and some some golf. We've had a couple tournaments now. I, I, I imagine for someone like you, it's probably a little bit easier than you know trying to cover and, and look up a, a lot of KBO stuff.
3: Yeah, I w- I'm cautiously optimistic. The fact that I'm doing stories tonight and, and asking mm-hmm. my you know my guy David Purdom and Doug Kazarian to to write. You know, I just before I called you, I called them to say, Hey, who wants to do the news or on, on MLB win totals? And, and, you know, th- that's exciting to me. And, you know, we just, if, if you go on chalk, you'll see the, the best bets for the, for the, for the TPC Cromwell, which I'm part of as just as well as Doug, Anita Marks and Chris the bear Felica. So writing those things about actual sporting events. And it's not too long ago. We joke, but it's not too long ago that, that, that I wrote a piece for our website that was. What can you actually bet on? And in order, it was Russian ping pong, the NASDAQ, iRacing, and I can't even remember what the fourth one was. I think it was like Costa Rican soccer. And it's like that's what we were doing in early April. We didn't have the Masters. We didn't have baseball opening day. We didn't have the Final Four. We were talking Russian ping pong, Australian rule something or other, Um and and i racing like i racing oh yeah and, and NBA 2K simulations with the players which I mean that's what we were doing and that was a piece that we wrote where today I can write a golf piece and an MLB piece and you mentioned the NBA coming back I'm cautiously optimistic health you know health allows it um, there's still a lot of things to be worked out uh, up until Tuesday I didn't think we were going to have an MLB season they just don't agree on anything and. MLB is going to have one, and it's going to be 60. You said it right off the top, 60 is better than zero. Uh, The NBA has some work to do with it being in Orlando right now, but it's good that it's on the horizon, so we're not talking Russian ping-pong. No disrespect to those who wager on it, Um, (laughs) but it has been a stretch to go from what has mostly been a mainstream baseball, basketball, football, football, golf-type thing to, hey, who has a – La Liga win for me today so it's, it's you know in basketball not even in soccer
2: David we actually have our first commercial break coming up I know you got some family obligations do you have a few more minutes to be able to spend with us
3: hey they haven't asked for a potty break yet so I'm good to go
2: Oh, good stuff there. Well, we'll continue with David. I want to ask him. I'm sure Gino's thinking about this, too. Why is it that horse racing did not come out of his mouth when he's given that list? (laughs) Does that mean the horse racing is failing in its marketing? We already know the answer to that one. That MLB win totals and more. David Behrman, ESPN. Stay with us. We will be right back.
3: Follow us on Twitter at Voice Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
0: Want to play the ponies and win? (laughs) At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. For outside the huddle, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station, where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mike at the show.com Now, back to this week's program.
1: Back here from the break on the Mike Abadir Show. We're talking uh, all sports and wagering with David Bierman and uh, David, we were talking a little bit about uh, horse racing before we went into the break and it just seems, you know, I'm, I'm someone who uh, has uh, covered, my mom and dad met each other at the racetrack and then I uh, covered horse racing at TVG, worked uh, there for five years and different, different things all over. And I have another show that I host a a podcast myself and and we were kind of talking a little bit during the break and it's funny because I'm someone who's actually covered horse racing and if I do a show that's only horse racing versus doing a show that's horse racing with um, some baseball, some basketball, some football news, and a little bit of uh, you know, other main sports news, I'm someone who has a horse racing following. And even those shows don't get as many listeners when I, as when I'm talking other mainstream. It was just kind of unfortunate that it, at an opportunity where there weren't a lot of other things going on, horse racing really didn't seem to take the bull by the horns.
3: No, and I and I would say it was it was an omission on my part not to not to list horse racing as as a, as one of the sports we obviously have. I oversee that as well, and for the most part, you know Chris the Bear Felica, everybody's familiar with from ESPN Game Day, does a lot of our horse racing coverage. We uh, we had Eminem Darson the other day write a piece about where we are entering the Belmont Stakes. Reminder that it's not the full Belmont, and it's also not the third race. In case people hadn't known that, that mm-hmm. also tells you that you know we had to reset where we were because it wasn't top of mind. It's unfortunate because I grew up in South Florida. There were three horse racing tracks. I'd been to all three of them with my dad and my grandfather between Hallandale, um, Calder, and Pompano. So I grew up around it. It's just something that you don't hear a lot about other than the four times a year, the three Triple Crown races and the Breeders' Cup. And it's unfortunate because it has been a sport that has been going the other way. And you're right. They continued racing during the pandemic, and it didn't get the attention that it should have gotten. And you, you, everyone blames baseball for wasting an opportunity to be out there and playing. Same thing can be said for horse racing is they were Very racing, much. but, you know, where was it? So,
2: Yeah. It's kind of funny because as horse racing fans, everybody was super stoked when they saw that tiny little clip on the Van Pelt show on SVP with Gulfstream and the antics. And we're like, yeah, Van Pelt's going to, He's going to bring it back, but uh, you know, it's up to the industry really to find a way to re-market themselves. I remember those "Go Baby Go" commercials a while back, and they were hugely popular. And just doesn't seem like there's any interest in doing so and advancing the sport overall.
1: David, Another- well, you were you were talking about uh, the other sport that's uh, almost shot themselves in the foot a little bit, but they didn't. Baseball, and 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 I, I wanted to just kind of ask a a question that I, I saw when you posted, you know, the over-unders and the win totals now, um, how, how, or if you know it all, like some of the differences, I'm kind of curious in that process, you know, versus what, what would be in the season-long projection, did they change things or take anything else into account versus just, you know, okay, we're playing 60 games, this is what the projection on the win totals would be somewhere here. Were there things taken into account like the fact that, you know, these Games are going to be being played in, in stadiums without fans. The schedules are going to be different. You're going to be playing more against your own division. And in the other division, you're not going to be playing as much of a league-wide type schedule. I'm curious, do some of those things come into effect? Do you know? And uh, and with these MLB you know, win totals that are out, anything that, that catch your eye right off the bat?
3: Yeah, I did actually have an email exchange back and forth with our our friends at Caesars. I asked that exact question because there are a couple of things that caught my eye. And first and foremost, they they did start with, okay, what's 60 out of 162? Do the math and then come up with the number. If you had the Yankees at 100, what would you have them at? 37 instead. And then they factored in the the opponents a little bit. Like if you're in the NL Central right now, you probably have a distinct advantage over – Someone in the um, NL and at least because if you're if you're the Atlanta Braves, you're playing the Yankees and the Rays and the Red Sox. If you're in the sorry in the NL Central, you're playing the Tigers and the Royals and the White Sox. So there is definitely going to be advantages to having just divisional play and cross divisional play, which was a factor. Um, but as they told me, like the schedule was imbalanced to begin with. Where you're facing your division opponents 19 times anyway, mm-hmm. now you're only facing them 10. But really, I think the difference comes into play where again, if you're 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 an AL East, NL East team, you're facing each other. I don't know. The one question I didn't get into is did they factor any sort of travel? It's hard to factor in if You don't really know what the rules are yet, but. Before the numbers came out, I was thinking the AL, I mean the East teams would have an advantage because anybody in the Northeast, you're not getting on a plane other than one time to fly down and play Tampa, Miami, and Atlanta. Everybody else is in the same neck of the woods. If you're Seattle, you're on a plane every single time, which could be a royal pain in the neck with the, you know, with the the pandemic. So I don't know if that factored in just yet. It will factor into my analysis of the numbers when I get them, when I uh, when I look at them beyond just getting the email an hour ago. Um, but you do see the fact that the whole entire NL Central is tight. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all rated about the same, and they're all playing the same crappy teams in the AL Central. So yep. those numbers are a little bit inflated, whereas you don't see anybody really above 33 in the NL East. The Braves are the top one. The defending... World Series champions are a little bit lower than I thought. But again, if you're the Nationals, you have to play the Braves, the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays. You get the Orioles. But, you know, there's definitely going to be, at the end of the day... I think Toronto I'm should be improved be this year, too, right? Yeah. Toronto could be improved. Again, I got them an hour ago, so I haven't dove into them. But we were yeah, having yeah, a conversation but... a few days ago about the fact that you got divisions and, and geographic like, geography. But, like, if you're... Colorado or your Seattle, like those teams are going to have to travel a lot more than if you're the Cubs and all you're doing is going to Cincinnati, St. Louis, Chicago, twice, Mm -hmm. Milwaukee. Like it, it's, there's hubs there in the East and the central. I I think the West is going to be a problem travel wise. But then again, you also have good teams like the Dodgers where it doesn't seem to matter. And one of our stats guys, and I can tell you before I came over to do the gambling, I was in our stats department for 14 years um, they came up with something that said for all everybody out there who's thinking, sixty games, this is the year to go pick a two hundred to one Pittsburgh Pirates, Florida Marlins, go get an underdog and big money and, and it's only sixty games so you can do it. As Lee Corsa would say, not so fast, my friends. You look at the teams that made the playoffs last year, even in their worst 60-game runs that they had, they were still on pace for 95 and 100 wins, and I'm talking Astros, Yankees. Those teams in their worst 60-game runs, there were still 36 and 37 win teams, which is on pace for 100 wins. And of, of the teams that had... did not make the playoffs last year, none of them... I mean, sorry, the worst 10 teams in baseball last year, none of them had a 60-game stretch above 500. So... New players, new year, new team, you're having to focus on 60 games as opposed to 162. But the Marlins, the Pirates, the Orioles, the Tigers, anybody who wants to take a stab at it, none of that had any 60 game stretch that was above 500. So, you know, a lot of people are talking about
2: those six. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, go ahead. I I was just going to say a lot of people are
2: talking about those 60 game stretches, but isn't it really more about your first. 60 how did he do in your first 60 so when you look back at last year the nationals would be a team that would not have been on track to be a playoff team as an example and the reason i say that i'm actually kind of piggybacking a little bit on svp he'd made mention of the fact that there are teams actually maybe it was maybe it was harold reynolds excuse me there are teams that make adjustments right so when you're 60 in for example to be able to make the adjustments and to get healthy versus just being a slow starter
3: yeah, and, and and you mentioned the Nationals. There was actually since the, the divisional error start or the the expansion error and the the expanding of the playoff race happened post strike in '95. Uh, there were four teams that would not have made the playoffs. Four champions that would have not made the playoffs. You mentioned the Nationals uh, for the first sixty games. The Marlins in '03 were one of them. They were before they got Jack McKee, and They were well under 500. Uh, the Angels that won in 2002 got off to a slow start. And off the top of my head, I, it might have been the '06 Cardinals who only finished with 82 wins to begin with, but there were four teams that would not have even made the playoffs let alone win the World Series.
2: Interesting stuff. Now, I do have a quick, uh, let's say, tidbit to kind of throw out there for the listener, our listeners who are players looking to maybe get in on some action on some over/under win totals. I do a little bit of uh, modeling, a little bit of uh, dabble, a little bit with analytics. I'm a stats guy. And I kind of noticed something that uh, could play out when you're talking about only 60 games, which is rainouts. And according to, to kind of my math, I was able to give maybe like a 0. 0.45, rounded to half game bump to the West Coast teams in a year where it's projected to be a record breaking hurricane season up and down the eastern <coughs> seaboard. What are your thoughts about? You know, th- those type of things, because really, this is closer to college football where every game means something in a baseball sense.
3: You make a very valid point. That's actually the first have I've heard that. And, and coming from Florida, I should have thought about the hurricane season. I will tell you, if you're about to make a bet, it does say, especially at Caesars, 59 games must be played for you to hit your over-under. Um, so <laughs> uh-huh. I- I'm assuming you're going to try to play a lot of doubleheaders if games get rained out. But yeah, I mean... If a hurricane's about to barrel down on Florida and Tampa and Miami and Tampa, maybe they're gonna have to swap those games somewhere else and that's just there's a there's so many concerns out there with this that believe it or not, I think the, the hurricane season may have fallen at the bottom, which is usually near the top. You're worried about the early season snow and the late season hurricanes, but that's a very, very valid point. You're playing the entire season during hurricane season.
2: I was going to throw this out there to to really both of you, Gino and and David. What do you guys think about the extra inning rule? Runners on second base that could also have an impact, perhaps, on game totals and things of that nature. But just from a baseball fan perspective, what are your thoughts about that extra innings
3: rule change? There's no beeping on the show, right? Because I absolutely hate it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> insert no word no beeps. Here. It's just stupid. It, it's it's just it's there's no reason. I, I get it. They want to make sure that you don't play that off, that you don't go 12, 13, 18 innings because the teams aren't in shape and you don't have, they're going to be expanding the benches. They're going to be expanding the rosters. You're going to have a million arms sitting there in the bullpen eating sunflower seeds and picking their nose. Like I get it, but I'm, I'm also a guy who is enthralled by 22 inning games and what the team's going to do the next day when they call up all the AAA players. But of course there is no minor leagues for that, but it's, it's gimmicky and they, there's health reasons for it. I get it. Like I also might be personally biased because they let me call a, a game at the University of Florida for the very first time when I was a college kid and they said, yeah, we'll let you do this softball game. And Florida's playing Alabama and seven innings of softball, scoreless zero zero. And we get to the eighth. And I had absolutely no idea there was a girl on second base. That was an SEC rule. They put her on second base. I absolutely butchered the inning having no idea oh she was there. So ever since then, I thought that was a dumb rule. But it was sack, fly <laughs> sack, fly. <laughs> sack, bunt, sack, fly, winning run. The game was one nothing, and neither team had a hit. So the first game I was ever allowed to do play-by-play for, I didn't call it a hit. It was a one nothing oh. win because of a girl started on second, sack, bunt, sack, fly. Nobody scored in the bottom of the ninth. And I'm like, what? How did that just happen? So I, I just think it's gimmicky. Um... I get that there's health reasons for it but what are you going to do with the NBA you're going to make it 8 minute quarters you're going to allow only one foul shot instead of two I just don't there's no reason for it it's the game it's 9 innings it's 3 outs 66 and two like there are things in baseball it's a diamond there's nine guys in the field like I don't I'd rather there not be a DH in either league but it is what it is. I, I wouldn't call myself a purist. I just I think it's it's just gimmicky to me. So uh, if
1: everything plays out, and we'll keep our fingers crossed, everything going on, um, if it health wise, if, if we get to September, we are going to have a month. Is this could this like have the opportunity if things go well to be like the greatest sports month or, or very close to it that we've ever seen? I mean, we're going to have basically being into the NBA playoffs. We will be, you know, baseball getting ready to, to kind of turn into the, the major part of their season. And we're going to have football starting back up. We, we've never really had an, a situation where we've had, you know, baseball, basketball, football, college football all going on at the same time. We could have, you know, some days that are pretty insane. The amount of sporting events like major, pivotal, important sporting events that we could be watching.
3: Let's not forget the Masters, PGA Championship, a couple yeah. of tennis majors. And, I mean, I tell you for the first time in my 15 years of ESPN, my boss has told me, you are required, even though you're working from home and you haven't been in the office in four months, you are required to take time off before September because yeah. we want yeah. you recharged and ready to go because September maybe, they're, they're estimating based on the schedule that we have, our programming department is estimated 140% of what would normally happen in Ooh. September, you might get 140% of normalcy. Like, yeah, you, know, you mentioned base, you know, pennant baseball, um, playoff hockey, playoff basketball, a couple of tennis majors, golf majors that actually matter, not just like the Justin Timberlake event of whatever's in October. Um, real golf, um, and, and tennis and what the NFL's there, college football is hopefully there. Because in college basketball, no one's mentioned that's going to start sometime in late October, September through Thanksgiving, God willing and health willing, could be the greatest three months in the history of sports. Or yeah, and also
2: Kentucky Derby, Derby and the Preakness as well.
3: Yes, you've you faulted me once before for not mentioning it, but two, two, <laughs> I'm, two, I'm two, on you today, two, man. Yeah, I did
1: it. I did, it, I did it this time first. I didn't even say it. Yeah, so <laughs> give it to two me triple too. Triple Crown yeah.
0: races, hey, we're, we're golf to, majors. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, we're
1: about to,
2: speaking of golf. We're about to hit our second commercial break, but before we do, we got the travelers coming up. No Tiger Woods. What what does that field look like? How does that change things? Do you have, uh, you know, uh, maybe like a nice price to, to give out in, in that field?
3: Sure, it, it started today, and uh, you had Rory McIlroy did well. Uh, you had uh, McIngvie Cute somehow shot a sixty. Um, t- no Tiger. But um the guys that I gave out um on, on chalk, I gave out Justin Thomas who had a crap day today. Um, but I gave out Patrick Cantley, who was uh twenty to one, I mean twenty five to one. I gave out Paul Casey at thirty three to one, uh Mark Leishman at forty to one and Brian Harman at sixty five to one and all of them in the top twenty and all but one of them currently are. Um I like to play the matchup. Victor Hovland was a guy I was all over the top 20, and I believe he's three back of the lead. It's a stacked field, even without Tiger. Mickelson shot six under today, and by the way, the tournament is ten minutes from my house, and we're not allowed to go. Um, it's oh. a tournament I would go to every single year. It's the first time I've missed it since I moved up here, so it's kind of bittersweet that it's there and I can't go. Um, it's good that it's still being played, and it's a it's a soft course, so unless weather comes and goes, you're going to have a lot of low scores, just like last week, so Um, I did call out Webb Simpson last week, so I'm hoping I get another one with Patrick Cantlay or Paul Casey. or I think Justin Thomas, tomorrow, jump on him because he's a guy who sometimes has a bad Thursday and an awesome Friday and an awesome Saturday and Sunday.
2: Yeah, I lost track of days, so I I didn't even realize that today was Thursday, the start (laughs) day of uh, of the event. But I'm looking forward to being able to – we're sports junkies here, man, so – you know, NASCAR, even with all the crap that happened, you know, I mean, it just, you name it, we're, right. we're probably watching it for the time being. David, let our listeners know how they can follow you year round.
3: Sure. My, uh, my Twitter is at D as in David. So D Bearman, B E A R M A N, bear man, E S P N. So it's D Bearman, E S P N. And, uh, of course, if you go to ESPN.com backslash chalk, or go to more sports in the app, and you'll see chalk in there. Um, that is all of our content that we have. It's sports betting content. Some is free, some you got to pay for. So it all depends on what you want. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that we do have E Plus. E Plus is where all of our uh, analytical picks are. So if you uh, either listen to your show, and as I just gave out picks, or if you want to read them, they're there. Um, and as I mentioned, the Bearman ESPN. And it was a pleasure to be on. I love talking um, with you guys about sports in general. So. Anytime you want to win, actual sports going on besides just golf and horse racing. Let me know.
2: <laughs> you made sure to include that time. Absolutely. We definitely will be hitting you back up as we have more a lot of material to talk, a lot, talk about. Thanks a million, man.
3: Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Be safe.
2: You too. That was David Bearman of ESPN. Gino, let's take our final commercial break and come back and talk a little Liverpool soccer and MLB. Stay with us. We will be right back.
1: Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and
0: automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and rental cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's all out freedom, firepower, and fish this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav as the boys embark on a magical journey in search of gunpowder, beanholes, and liberty. Joining the boys is the intrepid Eric Poole, editor of Guns and & Ammo, and co-host of Guns Ammo TV, the Kansas Catman Cat Daddy, and our very own Mama of Mayhem, Mrs. Bunny. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. God bless America. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on The Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's one 866 472 or send an email to Mike at the Mike
1: Now back to this week's program. Big thanks there to David. Mike, that was a, a lot of fun. Um, love when we have guests like that where we can, you know, bounce all around and talk all over. And like I guess if, if you follow him on Twitter or if you don't go give him a follow, you scroll through his, his most recent tweets and it's literally, you know, PGA, uh, there's an article about the NBA, the baseball win totals, he's got KBO stuff, he's got uh, Premier League stuff in there. It's just a, yeah. a smorgasbord a of those. I was scrolling about. down
2: and I'm like, dude, am I on Covers.com?
1: Yeah, it's great. Twitter, so. Am I
2: on Covers uh, Twitter, Twitter handle? <laughs> you know, yeah, he co- he covers it all. And uh, cool cool job. And uh, like he was alluding to, and, uh, as you kind of, teed up september is going to be an absolutely crazy Ooh. hectic month i am not optimistic though about college football i just don't see it happening i mean really nfl camps start in a few weeks you know uh these c- college players I-, I don't know how i mean they haven't been around each other in a lot of places some places they have been able to other places they have not how do you even consider putting together a season especially with the numbers on the rise I'm gonna say it ain't happening. Maybe we get a couple of like scrimmage like matches. I don't know, man.
1: I just don't see it. you college football just feels different um than the than the the big other sports, right? i just I, I don't know if I can see it. even envision it happening without without like a an audience and a big stadium filled. Uh, let's talk about the ones that are back now. So baseball's back. So what do you think about uh, you know, we got right into it. What do you think about? the the rules the the change of the the universal dl and how baseball is going to set itself up
2: um first California Tiger
1: like, like you were saying with the runner on second base my sister's softball teams were doing that like you know years back they've been trying that out for a while
2: to me that's not necessarily a, i don't like it but i'm not like disgusted by it you know what i mean like it's not a huge deal breaker for me Um, I think they've been itching to try that out for some time now. So this is the opportunity, and you and I talked about this a couple of months ago. This is the time to experiment. Let's just throw it out there and Mm -hmm. see what works. If the feedback is terrible, if the results, the way it plays out is terrible, they're going to get rid of it. So I don't mind it. This is a weird year. We've talked about this so many times. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but People just have to roll with whatever we get, accept it, enjoy it. Yeah, let it be known when you don't like something, but don't expect that it's going to be perfect or normal. It just isn't. So the DHs, once again, a lot of talk about that over the years. Um, Do you need to see a pitcher hit? I mean, I like Clayton Kershaw and Mad Bum, you know, uh, Bartola Cologne. You know, there are a few that are entertaining, but overall – those are worthless at bats. So I got no problem getting rid of it. I look, I get it strategy and all that kind of stuff, but Pure, you know, a good a so they're easy outs and they're,
1: it, it just not, it's not compelling from a purely selfish standpoint. I love it for the Dodgers. Yeah. The they Dodgers a good have like deep, probably have the deepest roster of any team in baseball on either American league or national. They, they are like the best setup team to be able to, to throw another batter in the lineup. This is great for someone like Jock Peterson. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get some, just extra at bats. He's probably gonna be your DH most of the time, unless you know he doesn't hit against lefties all that often. But if he's not in there, you just throw Kiki in. I mean, they have so many different that that would be everyday players in, on other teams right away. AJ Pollock's not gonna be in the lineup every day. You know what I mean? That someone like that. If I just I think this is great. You could take Justin Turner out of game sometimes if you don't want to keep him on the field and let him DH. It, it just purely selfish. I love this. I think it's going to be great. I do think it'll be interesting with, you know, the the no fans, right? Because baseball hasn't made this ruling or, de- or decision yet. But I heard uh, the Astros owner and some of the other owners talking about, you know, l- liking to get fans back into stadiums. The problem with something like that is you can't do that unless everybody's got the opportunity to get fans in the stadium. Like, some stadiums can't have fans and others can. That's where you get an unfair advantage. They all have to have a ruling like that where there's no no fans allowed, unfortunately, because like in California, they're not going to be having fans anytime soon at games. But in some other states, they might allow them to. So that would be kind of a weird Well, Well, here's what's interesting. Let's say you're an owner, you know, okay? And there's, let's say, a third of the
2: league is able to have fans. Like by law, they're allowed to be able to have fans at whatever, 40% capacity or something, let's say, right? And it's decided amongst all the owners that they they will all split up the revenue that comes in for it, right? So if you're one of the owners that cannot have fans in attendance, are you going to be like, you know what? I want the money, but it it screws my team. What do you, you know what I mean? Like, what do you take? Are you like, okay, well, it's not fair to my team whose rival is able to have fans, I, I want the money. Yeah, I think that's no. As, an, as an owner, I absolutely. Think that's what the owners are going to do so. Sure. I think they're just going to take it whichever way it can come, and uh, I don't know. I mean, how impactful. Our fans, let's say before the ninth
1: inning, before well, a tight ball I know, game or I know a no we hitter can, or something. No, you're right? And you're right. Like if we say logistically, like baseball is one of the sports that wouldn't be, but there's no way. Like as a Dodger fan, that and if you're like if you're a Dodger owner, you can't let that happen. That's an unfair advantage. You're playing in a situation where you're never getting any kind of a home field advantage, a, a home, a true home field advantage with your fans. And you're and when you go on the road, you're going to be playing in that situation. So to me, that was one thing I th- I thought I heard that that was a little bit strange. And because you're right, if you get the opportunity to to have fans in your stadium, you would absolutely want so. I just don't know why. Uh, I I just don't know how that would be able to work. It would be, it would well, be there, difficult.
2: Well, don't forget that there is still there's still a home field advantage in that a you know how the stadium plays. Right. For the outfielders and things of that nature. First baseman and third baseman, so on and so forth. Okay, Catcher even. I mean, really shortstop. I mean, every position. Right. When you're very familiar with the configuration of of your ballpark, there's an advantage there. Okay, so you may come back and say, well, that's kind of slight. It's not a big deal. It could be a, a matter of an out or two
1: here or there. But, but all also, that somewhere For someone beds, like you who's a Red Sox fan, because there's a lot of well, you sure, know, things in like Austin, that's, that's much more than, than many other, yeah. uh, many other tra- uh, tracks. Yeah, but like, how, many how about sleeping in park, your own yeah. bed?
2: right? How about just being able to leave your home, get in your car, listen to your music, drive over to the stadium, drive back home? So there are some home field advantages, but I understand what you're saying.
1: Well like cuz for example compared to one of those the,
2: years where everything's just out the window
1: man. Yeah, no, you're right. And like compare that to the NBA like you know some, something that no one's going to have a stink about or or make it, you know, make it an issue because we're going to be very happy to have the NBA back, but teams like the Lakers and the Bucks, their home court advantage just went out the window. Yeah.
3: They they, ha- they played the
1: 60 they played 65 games of an 82 game season. They basically the both of those two teams would have had they were going to be the number 1 seed. They were up like six games, you know. They 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 were not going to blow that within the fifteen games left. So both of those two teams had carved out not not only a home court advantage, but what would have been an easier way through. So you will still be able to get the same seating, you know. Most likely, you'll still be able to face probably an easier road. But in basketball, you know, getting play, playing at home with the home fans, that's huge in basketball.
2: No doubt about it, man. I'll tell you what. At least the one good thing is this is the one year where nobody can come back and say, "Oh well, my team would have won if they would have played on a neutral field."
1: And that's <laughs> this is know, it. This is your year. I think year. kind of, and I'm curious. You were going, you were hitting on a good point when we were talking with David about how, you know, like the Nationals last year. They, they I, the, I wonder what the mindset is going to be like in a shortened season, right? Is it different now when everybody knows from the very beginning? Okay, we're only playing sixty games here. Versus the you know like the attitude of some more veteran players who are maybe a little more relaxed and and not quite as you know they try to maybe you know, weather themselves throughout a long season. Is that going to be kind of thrown out the window here? And maybe teams or players who are notoriously slow starters are they not going to even are they going to have a different mindset or is that just naturally how you are? I'm I'm really curious to see how that that'll play in because it's not point. it's not like we're saying in the middle of the season, we're just going to cut the half of the season off. Everybody knows beforehand what's happening and everybody's going to be in the same situation. I'm just curious, you, you know, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll see it, what kind of a difference that may have, if any.
2: That's a great point. I'll tell you this much. And uh, we are getting limited on time here. So I'll uh, quickly spit this out. Cause I want to talk a little Liverpool. What we're going to see are like the real gamers.
1: Mm-hmm. They're
2: going to be, there's going to be a lot of arguments with, with some, uh, some managers about pulling Max Scherzer out of a game. He's going to want to go nine every game. Clayton Kershaw and Dave Roberts, right? They're going to be getting into it. So I think the gamers, the real gamers, you're right. Right out of the gate, they're going to be like, man, don't treat this like it's normal April baseball. Like every single game is super meaningful. It's, you know, one game is going to decide things. There is no doubt about that. One game will be the deciding thing in a lot of things. Uh, division-wise and, and playoff-wise and all that kind of stuff. So this is going to be one of those years where you see, like, eight teams, you know, vying for a wild-card spot that are all within, like, two-and-a-half games of each other or less. So, yeah, I think that's going to make a big difference. Uh, I'd love to talk about this a little bit more, but I kind of do want to get into how good Liverpool was because I don't think a lot of Americans are aware okay, of go it. Go for it. Obviously, um, you know, today's Man City loss to Chelsea – is uh, what clinched it for them after Liverpool won yesterday against Crystal Palace 4-0. This team sets so many records. You know, they had 18 consecutive wins, which is a record-tying feat. They won every single league home game. This is soccer, keep in mind, right? Club record, 44 straight games without a loss. Ultimately, ended a 30-year drought. And to me, here's maybe the most interesting number. It's kind of Red Sox-Yankees-esque. Now... Liverpool has 19 titles. Man U, 20. Would love that collision course next year for it'd be down to both of those teams. Ah, huh? see if they could tie up, tie knot them up, 20 apiece. Congrats to them! Fantastic team.
1: Unbelievable
2: run. Oh yeah, uh, you know, starting with Mo Salah, probably one of the world's premier superstars. Uh, Sadio Maine. Alex, uh, trent alexander arnold Andy robertson robertino firmino and company C- big congrats to them we don't get much of a chance to talk about soccer unless it's the world cup so at least wanted to sneak in a couple of minutes in there uh, with the remaining time congrats by the way to a great career for vincent lamar carter like i alluded to at the top of the show eight-time all-star one of the greatest dunkers of all time he's got a uh what i was gonna say tie him up but but that doesn't make sense right uh hoisted up call it a day he's done so big congrats to him the first round pick from 1998 by the golden state warriors many forget he was actually traded on a straight up swap for anton jameson uh in the last few seconds you know any uh departing thoughts
1: just uh, hopefully everything goes goes well. well, fingers crossed. We could have baseball and basketball within a week of each other, uh, July 23rd, 24th, and then uh, July 30th with the NBA starting. That could be a huge week get, getting right back into that. And, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll have horse racing going on from Del Mar and Saratoga at that time. So a big summer and, and right into a really huge few months of sports. Looking forward to it, fingers crossed. Just stay safe out there, you know, wear your masks. I'll give a, a little shout out on that one because we want to be able to get everything back and stay safe.
2: Well, when we come to you guys one week from today, we should be talking about the very first sightings of spring training. That's all the time we have, everyone. As always, thank you for listening. Without you, we got no show. We'll be here same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone.